Today involves two passages, and uh, first of all, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 5, so if you have a copy of God's Word with you, I invite you to turn to Matthew chapter 5, and uh, we're reading on oaths, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, I, um, I swear, uh, stick a needle in my eye, oaths, okay, you're with me on that now? We're talking about those today. Our first passage, though, is Matthew chapter 5, and I want you to take a look at this. This is what Jesus has to say about, you know, swearing on a stack of Bibles or taking a oath. This is what Jesus has to say, and then we're going to jump to James chapter 5 uh, as he kind of repeats exactly what Jesus says. All right, we're beginning in Matthew chapter 5, verse 33. It says this, and again, remember, these are Jesus' words. Again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but keep the oath you have made to the Lord. But I tell you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. Simply let your yes be yes and your no, no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. Now we jump to James chapter 5. We'll be reading verse, verse 12. James 5 verse 12. Here's what James says. Above all, my brethren, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. Let your yes be yes and your no, no, or you will be condemned. In a jokingly manner, I shared with you uh, on a couple of occasions as we were working through the book of James, I shared with you that the author of James, of course, James, uh, this author, James, that he was from the state of Missouri. That's where he grew up. That's where he was raised. That's where he was born. He was born in the state of Missouri. And of course, you looked at me like, what? I was kind of joking with you, and that was probably one of my lamest jokes, but uh, the reason I said that to you, that James was from the state of Missouri, is because of Missouri's slogan, all right? You've seen it on the license plates and so forth. Uh, Missouri says, show me. It's called the show me state, correct? The show me state. Well, the reason I said that uh, James was from Missouri is because uh, James is into authenticity. James is into the real McCoy. James says, if you lay claim to being a follower of Jesus Christ, well then, show me. That's what he says. Don't talk about it. Don't hint around it. Show me. You believe in Jesus and you follow him? He says, show me. If you're the real McCoy... Then let's see it. For example, in James chapter 2, 
James says, if you really believe that uh, God's word is the truth, if that's what you really believe, then James says, let's see it. Don't be just a hearer of the word, be a doer. That's what he says in chapter 2. In chapter 3, he says this, uh, if you are a true follower of Jesus Christ, that should be evident in your speech, the way you talk. So your claim to be a follower? Well, let's see it. I want to hear it from your mouth in the way that you talk. Show me. In chapter 5, James says, well, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, it should be visible in the way that you handle your money. James says, I should be seeing some generosity when it comes to your finances. You claim to be a follower of Christ? Let's see it. Show me. Don't talk about it. Don't hint around. James says, let me see it. James is from the state of Missouri. Show me your authenticity. Let me see that you are the real McCoy. Well, this morning as we come to verse 12 of chapter 5, this whole theme of show me continues with James. James challenges the reader, which would be us, with these words. He says this, and this is a paraphrase. He says this, if you claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ, show me. Say what you mean and do what you say. Don't be voicing these empty oaths. Simply let your yes be yes, and your no be no. James says, if you are a Christian, he says, show me. He says, I don't want to hear these empty oaths. Well, here are a few of these empty oaths that we often use and say. You know, especially when we want to convey the truthfulness of something, or the, uh, the, or the information that we have is really important and authentic and true. If we want to convey that truthfulness, we often use oaths and oaths like this, for example. You know, I saw a bear at Gulick Park cross my heart and hope to die, right? There's your oath. Or we say it like this, you know, I saw a bear at Gulick Park, cross my heart, hope to die, stick a needle in my eye. Okay, that's an oath. Or, I received an email from President Obama today. Pinky swear, I pinky swear. Or, hey, I swear on my mother's grave, bless her soul. I really did receive an email from President Obama. Or, hey, this really happened, and I will swear on a stack of Bibles. These are the oaths that we've heard and participated in. James is saying to us this morning in verse 12, hey, cut out the oaths, okay? Don't swear on a stack of Bibles. Simply let your yes be yes, and let your no be no. Let's cut out make believe. Let's just cut out that other stuff. 
So let's look a little bit deeper into James chapter 5, verse 12, that particular verse. James is challenging us with three important responses at this time. Uh, here, here are the responses. Number one, James is challenging us to say no to duplicity. Say no to duplicity. Second of all, James is challenging us to say yes to integrity. Yes to integrity. And his final challenge to us is that we need to understand the gravity of our words. What you say is important, so we need to choose wisely with our words. So understand the gravity of your words. So let's dive into these three challenges uh, and see what they have to say to us, all right? So the first challenge we come from verse 12 is this. Say no to to duplicity. There we go, duplicity. Now that word duplicity means to be dishonest. If you are stepping into this realm of duplicity, uh, you're practicing some dishonesty. You are being deceitful. You are double-dealing. You're saying one thing and doing another. That's duplicity. See, to reduce suspicion and draw the person in. You know, we're talking to them about something. We're trying to make a sale about something. Trying to convince a person about a certain thing. Uh, To add weight to what we're saying, we bring in that oath. I really did see a bear. Hey, I'll swear that on a stack of Bibles. We bring in this oath. And James says, hey, you know, cut that out. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Say no to duplicity. One of the things I've been doing as kind of a part-time for fun just in my reading, uh, not only like reading Western stories, but uh, doing a little history, reading on uh, the Indians in this particular country. You know, the put up Fort Wallace down south, and it was fun just to read about that, read about the Indian activity and so forth. Well, what is the white man referred to by the Indians? He has a what? A fort tongue, okay? Saying one thing and doing another. That's duplicity. Yes, he says to the Indian tribes, you can have this property. That will be your reservation. That will be all yours. And then white man says, oh, you found gold? Okay, we got to change things, all right? Duplicity, forked tongue. And oftentimes, that is what's taking place when we say os. We're saying os. Now, let me say something else regarding os. Oaths are not necessarily wrong. If you take an oath, you know, you're not doing something that's wrong. And that's important to understand because there are some uh, some some. Uh, groups of people and their faith and understanding say, hey, we can't as Christians take oaths. They'll say that. So don't swear on a stack of Bibles. Don't say, hey, hope to die, stick a needle in my eye. You cannot say that. If you do those things, you are wrong. That's what some people believe. But I want you to understand that that's not a biblical nor an accurate understanding of God's word. Sometimes oaths are okay. In fact, if you read through scripture, read through the Bible, you will find individuals taking oaths. For example, let me just show you one example here. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23, we have the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul uses these words. Now, doesn't this not sound like an oath? Listen. I call God as my witness that it was in order to spare you that I did not return to 
Corinth. Okay? Paul says, hey, there was a reason why I didn't show up. I swear, I swear, you know, by God is my witness. There was a reason why I didn't show up. And there are other examples that we can look to where, you know, oaths are given. So it's not necessarily wrong to say an oath. It's not something you have to cut out of your life because it's totally wrong. No, it's not the case at all. But uh, sometimes oaths are used in a weak, weak way uh, that becomes a sinful way. So why is the, but the question remains then, why is James so upset? Why is he so against oaths? What's going on here? Well, let's dive back into a little bit of history here, why James would say this. Uh, back in James's day when he was talking about this and talking to these people in the book of James, uh, there was a practice there that was established by the rabbis, all right? And uh, so to keep people from breaking their word, these Jewish teachers, these rabbis, they invented this system of oaths or taking vows. And the literature and resources outside the Bible reveal that many rabbis did not consider it a sin to break a vow if it was not made explicitly in the name of God. Oaths made in the name of heaven or even the gold of the temple were not regarded as ultimately binding. And as we might expect from sinners, this led to people making oaths by persons or objects other than God to give them an out in case they did not keep their word. So that's what was going on. Uh, it's all right to make an oath. And if you make an oath by God's name, you know, you say, man, this is true. And I'll stand before Jehovah on this particular truth that I have shared with you. When you do that, you bring God's name into it. You better follow through. This better be right. But the Jewish rabbi said, okay, here, here's how you can fudge. Okay? Now, if you say, hey, based you know, I stand, what I've found and seen based on my dog, you know, it's true. See, there's, there's a gateway. There's a way out of this oath. And what's taking place at this time is that the people were practicing a lot of the, the loophole uh, oath system. They were doing a lot of the oaths based on the temple, based on the gold, based on their head, what, whatever it is, in order that they may renege on their commitment so that they can back out and not have to follow through. And we do that today. Here's how we do it. We say, yeah, yep, I'll meet you at the end of the week at so-and-so, you know, for a cup of coffee. You know, I'm just giving an example. But what do we do? We don't show up. We say, hey, I had my fingers crossed so I didn't have to follow through on my oath, okay? That's the game we play. And James says, you know, I'm into show me. James says, I'm into authenticity. I, if you really claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ, you know, don't talk about it. I want you to show me. And he says, don't be throwing these oaths around. Don't be swearing on this. What I want to do, I, I just want your yes to be yes and your no to be no. So James says, say no to duplicity. Say no to the forked tongue. Okay? Say what you mean, mean what you say. Let your yes be yes and your no 
we know. So that's number one, say no to duplicity. Here's number two. James says, say yes to integrity. Say yes to integrity. James is calling us all to a life of integrity. James is calling us as followers of Jesus Christ to a life of truth, truthfulness. That's what he wants from us. And the reason is very simple, because integrity and truthfulness are the hallmarks of the Christian life. They are the hallmarks of the Christian life. Now remember, James's theme. What's his theme? He's from Missouri. He says, show me. James says, if you claim to be a follower of Christ, show me. Let me see your integrity and truthfulness. I want to see it. Say yes to integrity is what James is encouraging us all to pursue since we are followers of Christ. I like the story of the little boy who understands what it takes to have real integrity. A lady was sitting in her beach chair on a Florida beach when the little boy in his swimming trunks and carrying a towel came up to her and asked her, Lady, do you believe in God? She was surprised by the question and she replied by saying, Well, yeah, yes I do. Then he asked her, Do you go to church every Sunday? Again, her answer was, yes. He then asked, do you read your Bible and pray every day? And again, she said, well, yes, I do. She began to wonder where these questions were leading, where they were leading when the little boy gave a sigh of relief and said, finally, finally I found the right person. Will you hold my quarter while I go swimming? It's integrity. It's called truthfulness. Psalm 15 issues this challenge regarding integrity and truthfulness. Look at Psalm 15 as I read it through. A Psalm of David, he writes this. Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? He's asking a question. We could paraphrase and say this. Lord, who may hold your quarter? The answer, verse 2, the one whose walk is blameless, who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from their heart, whose tongue utters no slander, who does no wrong to a neighbor and casts no slur on others, who despises a vile person but honors those who fear the Lord, and catch this part, who keeps an oath even when it hurts and does not change their mind. Who lends money to the poor without interest, who does not accept a bribe against the innocent. And here's the promise. Whoever does these things will never be shaken. James is saying in verse 12, say no to duplicity, say no to the forked tongue. Just simply let your yes be yes. And second of all, he says, be a man, be a woman of integrity. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. And lastly here, James says, I want you readers, you followers of Christ, to understand the gravity of your words. Understand the serious nature of what you say. Look at verse 12 once again. He begins with these words. 
Above all, James says in verse 12, above all. In other words, please listen up. This is important. Above all. He says, speak truth. Let your yes be yes and no be no. Because if you fail to do that, you lie and you bring condemnation. You see that in verse 12 there? You bring condemnation. To support your word with an oath and then later renege on your promise brings condemnation. This warning is expressed in, by James, causes my mind to go to another passage. Here's another passage for Matthew 12, verse 36, and here's what Matthew says. But I tell you that men will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. For by your words you are acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Sometimes I think we have this mentality that, yeah, I do wrong, but if I'll seek forgiveness from God, God will forgive me. And uh, things will be okay, and things will be made right. Uh, well, here's the truth about that. Yes, God will forgive. And our relationship will be restored with Him. But there is consequences. There is consequences. Yeah, maybe God may remove a consequence. I mean, He has the power, and He has the right. He can do that if you want. But remember also, Galatians says, you know, you sow what you reap. Yeah, I robbed the bank. I got caught. I was convicted, and now I have to spend 20 years in prison. Did God forgive me? You bet. But I have to pay for what I did for 20 years. There are consequences. No, I'm not making a confession here, all right? I'm just giving you a story, all right? Just to know there's consequences. You know, you, you used your mouth, you, you said something, you were angry, you were emotionally upset, and you said something to an individual, and the wording was not good, it cut deeply that individual. God forgives you, right? God forgives you. But the consequences, now you're working to seek forgiveness from this individual that you hurt, and because this individual is hurt, they do not want to trust you. They do not want to give you forgiveness. You see the consequences? Man, I'm glad God is, well, God is a human. I mean, he's 100% man, but aren't you mad, glad he's also divine? He will forgive and not hold it against us. Our problem comes, you know, on this earth with others because we don't forgive. So just understand that there are consequences. And that's why James says, you know, you're going to bring condemnation. You, just, you know, there's not this free pass, and you can just press on as if nothing ever happened. That's not going to happen. Jim says, with your words, what you say can bring condemnation. Speech is a big thing, for it reveals a lot about a person. The way you talk reveals a lot. Remember, James is from Missouri, and he says, show me. James is into authenticity. He wants to see the real McCoy. You claim to be a follower of Christ. He says, well, I want to see it in your speech. Okay. The way you talk reveals a lot about yourself. So James says, here's what we need to understand regarding 
our word. Just let your yes be yes. Avoid duplicity. No forked tongue, please, he says. Pursue integrity. We need to be, because it's the hallmark of the Christian faith, people of integrity and truthfulness. And lastly, we need to understand the gravity of what we say. Yes, God is forgiving. He is merciful and He's loving. That will never change. And I thank God for being that way. But there's consequences with a word that we've let out. So what are we supposed to do with today's message? Let's talk about application. Here's some things you guys can do. Here's some things I can do as well. Uh, when it comes to saying yes and no, we just got to do it. If it's going to be no, just say no, okay? And I'm just as guilty. It's like, hey, can you come and help us do this? Or we're going to be doing something for this. You want to join us? Well, uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, maybe I can. And really, I'm thinking, nah, I don't have time. But I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, okay? I want to be accommodating, so I fudge. I think what we need to be as people, you know, we've got to say, hey, I'm sorry, but no, I can't do that. So we need to say no. I'm sorry I can't. Thanks for asking me. I appreciate that. Man, I value that, but I'm sorry. No, I can't. We just got to get to the no, okay? It's not a bad word. We don't like to hear it, but it's not a bad word. We just got to say no, okay? It's part of integrity. It's part of truthfulness. Just say no. Second of all, when you say yes, remember there is a cost, all right? It's good to say yes, but we have to, we have to understand that there's a cost, okay? I said yes, that I was going to do this this week with this family. Well, in the process, something else happened, and I got a call from this other family. They said, hey, come on over for lunch. You know, or supper, we're going to do a barbecue, and, you know, we got some other friends coming over. It's going to be a great time. And so here I am. Okay, wait a minute. I said yes to this family that I would help them do this. Now I have this better idea. I mean, they're going to take care of me. I don't have to work. Um, they're going to take care of me and give me a barbecue. Let's see, what do I do here? Um, I'm going to the barbecue. Wait a minute. Didn't you say yes you were going to help so-and-so? Yeah, but... Okay, you see his fudge in there? You see how we make our yes not a yes? We're doing the forked tongue. And when you say, what I want you to understand is when you say yes, there's a cost. There's a cost. Just understand that. And uh, remember Psalm 15? David says, Lord, who can stand in your court? Who can rise up in your sanctuary? Well, it's the man, it's the lady who keeps his oath even when it hurts. Okay, so oftentimes the yes is costly, and we just need to know that. It's costly. Uh, then lastly here, uh, the, the application is let your no be no. Okay, yes, say yes, clear. Uh, my third thought here is be clear. Be clear. We may not know what the weekend brings. You know, we're saying, yes, I'm going to help you uh, move across town into your new home. Yes, I'm going to help you do that. But be clear. Just say, you know, I can't promise you. I think that's part of the things that we need to do. We said, I can't promise. I can't promise you that I'm going to do that. But I, I'm going to look into that. So let's be clear. I can't promise, but give me a couple of days. I'll check into it. Let me look at it, see what it's worth. Just, just be, let's be clear. And again, I think that's all reflecting that hallmark of the Christian, Christian life. You know, we're being people of integrity. We're being people of truthfulness.
So we're just saying, hey, let me look at it. Let me, you know, let me look at my calendar. I can't promise you anything. I can't, I can't say yes at this point, but let me look into it. So just being clear. So number one, say no. Sometimes you got to say no, and it's okay to say no. Do we like hearing no? No, we don't. But it's okay. It's, it's an okay word. It really is. Number two, say yes. But understand, when you say yes, there is a cost. It may cost you. A better deal may come along. And you're going, oh, I'd like to do that. Wait a minute. You said yes, didn't you? Let your yes be yes. And lastly, just be clear. Just be clear. If you can't commit, be clear. Look into it. Get back to them, but be clear. It's all part of being upright, pursuing integrity. It's letting your yes be yes and your no be no. Let's pray. God, thank you for your understanding of our frailty and our shortcomings. We, we do fall short. We say one thing and we do another. Uh, Lord, uh, help us to make it right. Lord, we can make it right in your eyes as we seek your forgiveness, but help us just to maybe today drive a peg in the ground and say, from today on, I'm going to say yes and mean it and, and also no and mean it. Just, just help us in that pursuit, Lord. And the reason we want to do that, Lord, is because we are your followers. People are looking at us. We, lay, we, we make claims. We lay claim to being children of the Heavenly Father. So help us, Lord, to pursue integrity and truthfulness in the way we talk and the things we say. May our yes be yes and our no be no. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.